Come on, Jacob. Come on. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the place for all things running motivation. This is Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. We are going to lift your spirits, get you fired up, get you feeling better about the world. That is our intention for the next 40, 45 minutes or so. Buckle up. Let's do it. Let's do this wild ride together. We talk about running motivation and we talk about that and obviously that is the remit of the show and that is what we do every week. However, mm. I feel like a little bit of a cheat at the moment because I'm sat here going on about running motivation, although it's mainly you who goes on about running motivation, to be fair, but I'm sat here as somebody who has done some running and has stopped running. So I feel like a bit of a fraud because... I did what I did at the Manchester Marathon, which was running around for a little while, and I built myself up to do that, and I ran around for a little while, and I had a really nice time. And since then, since the Manchester Marathon, however many weeks ago it is, I've not actually been running at all. Um, because I've had other stuff to do, to be fair, because it, I took a, the, the training and the running around took a back, uh, a back seat because I got other stuff in life going on. And then it was only after a call with you the other day that I went actually yeah I can get back into this sometimes we all need a little bit of a nudge a little bit of a prompt even those that are generally pretty motivated to to do anything in life let's be honest do things that are uh, consistent do things consistently like running you know getting out there ticking off those miles it's not always so easy I do feel however that at this point in the show if there are any new listeners to the podcast we probably should point out that you talking about this little run that you did around manchester was indeed the relay oh yeah, yeah, the manchester yeah. Marathon. i feel I, I just i don't want people to get the wrong impression no 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 and like people to think oh man pete's like you know he's a marathoner and i believe you have that in you but i just i know i just i just want to put that out there if you, if you have just started listening to the show then obviously I'd, I'd say go back and listen to some of the earlier ones and you'll get it but um essentially there's nothing to get really other than running motivation but mm. just a bit of background i didn't do any running i've always been a non running guy and I'm still a non-running guy because I don't have that mindset of a runner who wants to improve or do any of that stuff but I did do a little bit of a run around a 10k thing at at Manchester and I did really enjoy it but to be fair since then I have been really busy with other stuff in the garden and doing stuff and it's like if I'm going to put an hour to running then I may as well be putting an hour to sorting out the fence that needs sorting out and stuff like that so it's just natural normal life that's got in the way have you not put that fence up yet is it not finished i'm sick of hearing about the fence like i i don't i i used to message you a lot and and you may have noticed i messaged you slightly less you're a good friend i've got a lot of love for you pete but i just i can't talk about fences anymore man i mean i don't even have one I don't even have one. I can't relate. I know. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not going to go into why it's taken so long, but it has taken a long time because I've got lots of other things to do as well, including a patio and stuff like that. So it has to, it's taken time. But the point is, you know, I'm kind of ready to, to do the running thing again. But, you know, just the thought of going out and running around for half an hour and doing a 5K or however long it takes or whatever it is in half an hour, because I like to block off time and go, right, I'm going to run for half an hour or I'm going to run for 45 minutes or whatever. And the thought of doing that, I'm like, oh, Oh, no, it just seems too unmanageable. I don't think I could do it. But then, obviously, we had a call the other night 
And you talked about the struggles of runners and, you know, the kind of struggles and the things that you wrangle with in life. And you, and this is just so simple, and why didn't I come up with it myself? And sometimes it's just good to put it out to another person. Um, Is you said, look, don't don't necessarily go running for 30 minutes or 40 minutes. You know, do 10-minute run, 2-minute walk. Do a, you know... And then and then just keep doing that three or four times, and there's your there's your run walk run walk, and and that all of a sudden makes it so much more manageable. But isn't it funny because obviously that thought of of something being manageable is all in the mind, isn't it? It's this thing that we've made up, and we're building pressure around it, and there's potentially some anxiety around it. Which which I think I think I'm right in saying, you know, my experience as a runner and as a as a running coach, and the different people that I've worked with with different goals. I think everybody struggles with that at some point or another, taking action. So actually having the motivation to get out there and do a run. I think the difference is for the runners that perhaps some people would label as, oh, they're, they're always running, they're super motivated, they never have those motivation droughts, they never have days where they don't feel like it. No, I, I think they do actually. In fact, I know they do. It's just that they are able to overcome that obstacle that feeling of, oh man, this is hard, or I can't be bothered, or I don't have time, or I should be uh, I should be putting up a fence, or I should be doing this, or I should be doing that. Whereas they can prioritise to a degree and actually drag, almost drag themselves out there, give themselves a little bit of a talking to. I feel that myself. You know, I'm really honest on the show. I'm, I'm honest with you. I'm honest with my runners. I don't always feel supercharged to get out there and run i don't but i'm able to just i'm able to get myself out there unless there's a problem and i'm being smart so if there's a bit of a niggle and i'm kind of protecting that that's different but otherwise i just find a way of focusing on the end goal and the reason why and it's not just the end goal by the way so at the moment for me it's it's valencia marathon in december so early december so in theory a lot of time relatively speaking so that enables me that thought and that drive to want to achieve times and do well in the race that enables me to put the shoes on and get out there but the other thing is on a much in some respects smaller scale and with more of a kind of instant payback is i want to feel good and i know going for a run will make me feel good you know no matter how you feel during the run afterwards unless you come back injured you know, let's be honest, these things can happen. But if you come back unscathed, hopefully that's the case, you do feel better. And it's it's hard to sometimes focus on those things because all you can think about is in the moment, oh man, I'm I'm not feeling up for it. Do you know what I mean? I do, yeah, absolutely. And I don't quite understand where that lack of motivation comes from because we all know and how good it feels after a run. And and I've always said, I've always said, I don't get this endorphin thing that, that runners talk about. I genuinely don't. I've never experienced that. But what I do get when after a run, and this is my whole reason for doing it really, is I get a feeling of calm. And that's all it is. It's not an endorphin rush. It's nothing like, you know, it's no like, whoa, yeah, this is great. It's like... I'm knackered, but I've done something, and that's good. And I get a similar feeling to when I've put a fence paddle up. (laughs) In all all fairness, in all seriousness, genuinely. I will take your word for that. And and it is, you know, we joke about this, but actually it's that sense of achievement. I, I, I have this in my mind that I need to accomplish this goal, whether that's a run, whether that's a feeling of calm, whether that's training for Valencia Marathon, a 10K, whether that is putting up a fence post, you've set yourself a goal, 
And if you achieve that, then you get that feeling of, wow, I've done it. You know, I've, 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 and that feels great, which is why I think it is very important as well. And I often say this to set realistic goals. They need to be challenging to a degree. Otherwise, they just come a bit nothing and you don't really have to commit much time and training to achieve the goal because it's really easy well within your capabilities but you don't want it to be overly challenging where's a good chance you won't achieve it because then you'll beat yourself up but if you do set a goal and it's realistic then irrespective of what the goal is if you achieve it that feeling of achievement is the same isn't it so you're going to feel great and i totally get what you're saying about that feeling of like calm and like oh the the endorphin release and and a lot of people talk about runners of course experienced runners talk about that runner's high and that feeling and, and i definitely i i experience that but i don't experience it every run i mean martina she's at work now she ran this morning so she was slightly later into the hospital today she thought well i'm gonna have you know end of a busy week she's gonna have more energy to run now she's better in the morning so that's what she did she came back through the door i was making breakfast <laughs> she she didn't look great i'll be honest she, she was a bit wiped out she said I feel so unfit. I just feel so slow and sluggish. And it wasn't long ago. She, like, smashed her personal best in the Manchester Marathon. Sure. So she can definitely feel, you know, she's an experienced runner now and she's she's generally pretty fit and consistent, but she can have those moments where she's like, I just don't feel great. And she she definitely didn't get the runner's high from today. But just, just on that, I think, and I think this is something else that runners typically struggle with, is patience. So patience. So patience in the process, mm-hmm. for sure. And I'll give you a great example of this. So at the moment, I'm on a Thursday, I'm generally in London and I'm helping some guys that are getting into their running uh, at the, with this this company. So the idea is right in the centre of London, it's great to get them out of the office. You know, they're working 100 miles an hour, long hours. It's like, look, let's get you feeling better. Let's get you out there. And these are beginner runners. Okay, so they're completely new to it. Now, when I'm there, my job is a little bit of accountability. You know, right, we're going to meet at this time, we're going to do it. So let's, you know, they're more likely to join me rather than leaving it to their own devices Mm -hmm. because other things get in the way, right? Sure. So that's my job, to lead the session and structure the session, but also to relax their mind and to talk to them and to set realistic expectations. And one of the things I talk to them about a lot is that thing around patience and you know we see it on the cover of magazines running's great and people happy and smiling and oh running's fun and the endorphin release and a runner's high but you have to get to that stage you've got to do enough training to get to that stage it's like a video game you unlock certain elements by doing more runs and that's what it's about you know it's like the creative sessions and the fun sessions well initially you've got to just get out there and get some running under your belt and that kind of base level of conditioning because what happens is you kind of you can level up your running then you can unlock the creative sessions the interesting sessions you know the things where you've got a little bit of mixed pace and a bit of creativity which is what i try to bring to the game with my runners but it's easier when people have got more running under their belt so with these guys in london i'm saying look just take your time don't expect to feel great during the run don't expect to be able to be running along and having a conversation people talk about conversation pace well if you're first learning to run actually it's just your body's saying man this is tough your heart rate's high your breathing's elevated you can't talk you can't think you're just waiting for it to be over it's part of the process absolutely part of the process which is why just going back to you a little bit Pete, i think it's really important and we joke about this non-running guy and i know that is we joke but there's also some truth in that and you still you still view yourself as that but i know that you do want to get back running at some point even if your main goal 
is just like that calmness in the day and just to help you tolerate life a little bit more and just feel a little bit more level the longer you leave it so having this gap and this time out the harder it is to get back into things and i think that's another thing that people struggle with is that boom or bust way of kind of training you know training for a goal i've achieved that goal and then it drops off and just falls by the wayside. Whereas if you can just keep things ticking over, set realistic expectations, expectations of how much time you've got to be able to run. So let's say somebody's just achieved a half marathon and they were really committed, that's all they could think about. Well, after the half marathon, their goal is, their job is to recover fully, obviously, so they're safe and well, get back into training, but they don't necessarily need to train at the same level in terms of in terms of intensity or frequency because maybe they've got fence posts to put up maybe they've got other things going off in life maybe they want to prioritize family mm. which actually was put on the back burner a little bit but keeping ticking over will help them for when the time is right for them to achieve another goal like a half marathon again it's easier just to step back up rather than having to go from almost square one does that make some sense it does yeah and you know the other thing that really rings true is that patience thing that you spoke about there and now genuinely you know manchester marathon i had a really good time but i just plodded like a like a very middle-aged man who's slightly overweight and you know and and i think something that really highlighted that to me genuinely was the official photos and i thought i was having a good time and i was like yeah this is all right it's not bad and yeah i'm a little bit tired but that's okay that's fine because i'm looking forward to a beer later but then i look at the official photos photos and I genuinely looked like I hated the entire experience didn't I look so pissed off like my face I looked so like I was concentrating and I was like oh god look at me just look at me now I'm not bothered what I look like when I'm running at all I've got over that a long time ago but like you talked about patience there and the reality of it is that I look like that and I feel the way I feel and I run very slowly and then and when when you were talking about patience and stuff i remember and i am a non-running person and i prefer to do fence panels and go for running absolutely but when i've run out of fence panels to do i will go running which will be (laughs) monday but you just reminded me that i had a dream a couple of nights ago and this is kind of a recurring dream and it's something that's happened over the last few months it's really weird, and I don't know if anyone else would be able to relate to this who's into running to any extent or not into running or has it on their radar, but I dream sometimes that I'm running, and I dream that I'm running pretty damn quickly, and I dream that I'm not out of breath, and I dream that I can feel the wind going through my hair, and I can feel the spring in my foot, and I feel like I'm running like a proper runner, and that feels awesome. And... I've not got the patience, though, to go, right, I'm going to do in the training sessions and then in six months I'm going to be able to actually run like that in real life. I mean, can I ever run like that in real life? Could that happen? Because it's fast, man. It's fast. You know what that is, don't you? That's a premonition. That's a, that's, that's a premonition. That's going to happen on Monday. You just said it. We, we, we have it on record. You said on Monday I'm getting back out there. Fence posts are behind me. Pete. We're going to turn you into a beast, a beast of a runner. A dream runner with the wind through my hair, bouncing along and not being out of breath. Do do, do you know when I dream about running, which I do, and and I do appreciate that listening to somebody talk about their dreams is so dull, so I will not go on about this. No, no, I don't think it is because I think we all relate to that, don't we? Oh, fine, great. Oh, here we go then. Are you sitting sitting comfortably? (laughs) Then I shall begin. When I dream about running, I don't run well at all. Right. It's like I'm running through... Almost like I'm running through tar or treacle. No, a better way to describe it is that it's like 
I have to grip the floor. It's like traction's a problem. And I have to gain momentum. I have to build up that sort of traction. I have to go very, very slowly. And then I can build up the speed and really grip the floor. But then if I lose it, which I always do, then I have to start again. And I'm always being chased. Whenever I dream about running... I'm always, always, always being chased. I don't know. It's probably some hidden meaning. I tell you, man, dream that, expert. We need a, we need a dream know. expert on the show because I, do. I'm pretty sure that what you're doing is you're worrying about life there and you're worrying about things catching up with you. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Do you owe tax? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I probably need to put a call into my accountant now. <laughs> now you've sown that seed. I did have an ex-girlfriend once that used to have reoccurring dreams that in the marathon that she was training for, she'd be stood on the starting line, the starting pistol would go, everybody would run forward, she would attempt to run forward, but she'd actually run backwards, like physically in reverse, and she could do nothing other than just go with it. And that was a reoccurring dream. That's really scary, man. Can you imagine if that happened in the de- on the day? That'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? That'd be a nightmare. I think struggles are something that everybody experiences with running, is, is the point. And, uh, you know, it's... You have to sometimes be a little bit, I think, creative. I think, first of all, accept that you're struggling with something and be be open and honest with, with yourself because then you can start to tackle it, can't you? And it doesn't necessarily mean it's some huge thing, obstacle that you need to overcome, but if it's an obstacle that actually you're not happy with and you do want to overcome it, and that might be you know, motivation to get out there, as we mentioned earlier, then if you're honest with yourself, and you know, because it's easy to say, oh, it's time, I haven't got time, and that might be the case. It genuinely might be the case. But it also might not be. And if you were to sit down and potentially write how much time you had in the day and where that time went, would you have time to do a run or a short run? You know, if the energy is is, is lacking, then that's a different thing. But but you've got to the point is you've got to know what you're dealing with to then overcome it. Yeah, absolutely. And we've all got the same amount of time, but it's not about time necessarily, is it? It's about how you choose to prioritise your time and what you put above running. And, you know, being realistic about it as well. I struggle with time. And I struggle with being honest and taking my own advice. I struggle with prioritising sometimes. Now people listening to this and perhaps follow me on Strava or Instagram, you think, oh, you know, you might think I'm running all the time and I, I do the sessions. And I do. I do achieve the sessions that I've set out to achieve. But I struggle with prioritising my running over other people's running. And I'm a coach. It's my job. It's what I do. I'm passionate. I care about people. I, I want to help. We do this show because, yes, we enjoy it. You know, if we had no listeners, I'd probably still hook up with you each week and chat all things running people because I love it. But we want to help people and we want to lift you up, motivate you, and give you some takeaways that you can apply in your own running. But I'm still a runner myself. So if I if I wasn't a running coach and a podcast host, I'd still have goals of my own. But because everything's one, like my whole life is running, sometimes that separation I find quite hard, which actually, although I don't think I have that many non-running friends, but the non-running friends that I do have, it's actually really nice to hook up with them and chat, either in person or on the phone or you know, video call or whatever, because, yeah, they might ask me a little bit about my running, but they're not that bothered in terms of, they don't want you know, masses of detail, they don't want me to go on and on about it, and it, it's just nice to kind of break away. So I, I definitely have, I definitely struggle to prioritise myself a little bit, and I think going back to Manchester 2019, where I didn't finish the race, at 18 miles I stopped, 
uh, not through injury, more because I just didn't want to be there. It was a mental thing. It wasn't anything physical. I think that I was so distracted on that day and that weekend through other people's running and I was doing Facebook Live videos on, on the weekend. of I just wasn't in my own zone and in my own place, in my space, in my bubble. You know what I mean? I wasn't really protecting myself. So that's something I've definitely been been working on and i think the one other thing that i struggle with that's connected with this is and some people i'm sure can relate to this so if you run in the day so maybe you work from home maybe you uh, spend a lot of time in the home office and you right oh great i can run pretty much whenever i want if I, if you don't have big meetings and appointments and you're in control of your own sort of destiny then you can run when you want but the hard thing is pulling yourself away from the desk now, I'm a morning runner. I much prefer the morning. But I'll tell you something. The amount of times I, may, I end up running over lunch and then I've not quite got the food right because I'm running over lunch, right? So, I, you know, I don't want to like super ridiculously early lunch and that breakfast was ages ago. It's just sometimes I get it a bit wrong and I really have to try and keep myself in check. I set alarms and stuff like that. So sometimes that whole relationship with time and motivation and prioritizing yourself when you're running, I think we all struggle with. I think it's it's not easy. Yeah, I think you're right. And while you were while you were speaking there, I was thinking you were talking about you know looking after yourself, doing stuff for yourself, going out doing stuff. And, and I think <clears throat> I almost class right. I, I have I have lots of stuff to fit into every day, as everybody does, right? So I'm not going to bang on about what I've got to do, but I do. I've got priorities. I've got to do work uh, to earn money. I've got to um, you know pick kids up from wherever they happen to be, uh, or teenagers. You can't call them kids nowadays. Um, you know, I've got. We do. I do stuff with my wife. Um, I do stuff up the garden because we've done a little bit of work with the garden, uh, and then I, I almost feel like. Um, how can I how can I put this? I, I think I think it's almost like when I take an hour or two hours, which realistically, you know, you go for a run for forty five minutes or so. I got I got to have a shower afterwards. I've got to sit around afterwards, have a glass of water, do all that. It's an hour and a half or so. It's ninety minutes, and it almost feels selfish because it's just for me. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's probably a little bit of a barrier to overcome as well, because there is nothing wrong with being selfish. Because selfish is a word that we were, you know, as kids, it's like, stop being selfish. If you don't share that, you're being selfish. Give that to your sister, otherwise you're selfish. Selfish is, you know, a, a word that we're, we're led to believe is a bad thing. But, you know, just to take a little bit of time for yourself, a little bit of self-care, a little bit of looking after yourself, you know, you could call that selfish if you wanted i think we need to reclaim this word selfish but it feels it's quite a, a selfish activity is running for yourself and um and, and and concentrating on your own performance and obviously you struggle with that as well because this is why you talked about you know you're looking after everybody else you're doing your facebook lives to your runners you're doing all that kind of stuff rather than having that time and being selfish and concentrating just on your running and not even on, you know, I know that you and Marty go running together and you run marathons together, um, but there's a time where you, you'll split up, as in you'll, you will break apart during the... Not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the relationship, I'm talking about during the run, where one of you will run in front or the other will whatever. And, and you know, you've got to have that... that it's got to be about yourself, looking after each other at the same time, of course, but it's got to be about yourself because it's about your pace. It's not about her pace to you and it's not about your pace to her. It's, so it is quite a selfish thing. I, I completely agree with what you're saying, Pete. And th what we're saying here is there's a place to be selfish. 
you know, and if we if we really take that one step further, it's actually not being selfish because if you look after yourself in whatever way that means, you are a better person to be around. You're healthier. You know, using you as an example, Pete, talking about that calmness. I'm sure your wife and and, and the kids in the house are much happy. You know, better for you. Uh, you're you're more company, a better company rather to be around and just. It just to help you're you're in a better position to help other people if you take some time out for yourself now that, that could be in whatever way you feel it's right for you obviously a big thing that we're talking about here is running and that that mental space and that physical let's let's spend some energy here and let's 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 get myself feeling better you know all that sort of stuff it's it's not selfish or if it is selfish then why not there's a place there's a place to be selfish but it as you say it isn't an easy it isn't an easy thing to do and i think you know thinking about this when we talk about being selfish or this fear of it oh gosh you know i've got other stuff to do and not prioritizing i think that if you don't give yourself the time, which is what you need to do, you need to go, I'm giving myself this time and protect it. It's like you've got to put a force field around this time and say, that is my time. Now, of course, if you've got meetings, you've got genuine you know, kids to pick up from school, it's different. But if you know, you're brutally honest with yourself and say, right, I can, I can use that time. You've got to really commit to it because, and this is a problem that I find, you know, the whole pulling myself away from the desk and, oh, lastminute.com. If that happens with running, it can jeopardize the run. It can hinder your run. I'll tell you a great example of this, and he, I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning this, but um, Richard, who uh, connects on Instagram, follows me on Instagram, I think he might be a listener of the show as well. Uh, he's down in, in Winchester area, certain, certainly this area. I think it might be more Southampton, but he, he does run in and around Winchester, and he drops him messages on Instagram here and there to say, you know, I'm... I'm uh, he sees where I run and oh, I, I do that route or you know this kind of thing and he, he's been meaning to go to the running track for quite some time well I know that the other day he put on Instagram he didn't have the best session because everything was against him I'm sure you can relate to this the weather was terrible it he he struggled to get away from the desk because he got caught up in work. Then he got to the running track and the running track was closed. So that completely threw him. So kind of everything, and this session was quite challenging, by the way. So in itself, that was kind of in his mind. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling a bit, you know, a little bit nervous about this session. It's not just an easy run. I've got to hit these certain paces and stuff. But because that everything got in the way and, he, and it was hard for him to be able to protect that time. It hindered the session. Now, we can't do anything about the track being closed and about the rain, but actually, had there been more time there and if he'd have potentially been in a better headspace after he left work rather than, oh my gosh, I'm running late, I've not eaten properly and I've got to get the shoes and i get out there, he would have been able to deal potentially better with the obstacles that he faced. So, for example, when the track was closed, you've got to have a contingency. You've got to think quickly on your feet. You know, if you're out there running and something is getting in the way of your routes, whether it's a road closure or whatever, you've got to be able to adapt. So sometimes rushing sessions is definitely not a good thing if you're looking at optimising your performance, you're looking at doing really well. You know what I mean? It's like stretching. Oh, stretching. Oh, I've got to stretch. Oh, I know. Oh, I should stretch more. I mean, I hear that a lot. I re- Oh, I should stretch. I know I should stretch. Well, if you're racing out the door, racing to get your run done, as soon as you get back, you're racing to get in the shower, you're racing to get the food, you're ra- racing, 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 what's going to fall by the wayside? The thing that actually you don't really care that much about is not that enjoyable. Probably stretching. You know, at the top end of the run, it's probably warming up properly. You know, I'm always saying that to my runners. Make sure you warm up. The routine I give you is not a random routine. It's not something I'm saying, oh, just go and do this and I never do it. I do it without fail before every single run because it's that important to me because I know it will make me feel better during the run. But it's hard. 
this stuff's hard, you know. We're not full-time athletes. We've got stuff going on. It's, it's worth ring-fencing time in your mind and just going, at this time, this happens, or, you know, I am doing this for this amount of time, and that encompasses this, 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 and this, and this. And, you know, <clears throat> I do that with work all the time, and I'm very, you know, careful of time and look after it, but when it comes to running, you know, not so much. And I think taking it, and rather than just going for a wobble down the road, which is what I do... You know, probably going, actually, I've got this time, this is my time, let's make it count, let's do something with it that's worth doing. But just staying on the subject of, of time, that that's something that is in our mind, as in Martina and I, for Valencia Marathon. So we want to ideally want to improve on the marathons we've done previously. previously. So something's got to change, right? We, we can't just do the same thing all the time. We need to make some certain little adjustments. And one of those is tightening up the long run. And I say tightening up because it just needs a little bit of polish, a little bit of tweaking here and there, I feel. It's not like it needs, you know, a complete radical overhaul. We get out there and when we do the mileage, we put the quality elements into it when the time is right to do that. So the closer we get to the marathon, we start to incorporate some faster bits of running within that long run. So it makes it more purposeful and more specific to what we're aiming at doing on the day of the race. But it's the whole planning around. So we typically, we certainly try to run on a Saturday. But often what happens is... Martina, because she's got big veterinary exams at the end of this year, any any spare moment, she feels like she should, quote unquote, be studying, got to study. There's whole, oh, I need to do this, need to do this time, 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 right? Busy, busy, busy. So she will be doing that. Fine. I end up coaching some of my runners. I typically check in on a Saturday morning, what's going on, what are they up to? I love it as well, see where they are and, you know, drop them a couple of motivational voice messages if I feel they need it. Uh, and then what I'll do is, is clean the house. But and that's fine. And we say, right, what when are we gonna run? What time are we running? And we try to set a time with good intentions. But what historically has happened is let's say we say, right, ten o'clock. So we're up early, we're cracking on, but at ten o'clock we're gonna run. What we want that to mean in our mind is we are out the door. We have satellites on the watch, so we've got the GPS, we start the run at ten AM, boom. No. What happens is we start to think about the whole getting ready to run process around 10 o'clock. So it might be five past 10 mm. and one of us will shout to the other room in separate rooms, working, cleaning, whatever. Should we should we run then? Are we going to run? And that's how the conversation goes. And then, you know, two minutes later, we start to get ready. And then, then it's you now toilet and it's drinking water and all that stuff. So it, we're delayed. And the other problem we have with that is being systematic with the fuel and food and water in the morning. And that's really important because if you're listening to this and you're training for a big goal like a half marathon or especially something like a marathon where fueling during the race is really key, then you actually need to start to practice that in and around your long run. So, for example, we're getting out there and if we've not prepared well, we're running for 10, 15 minutes and then we're stopping for the toilet. You know, we're having to find somewhere to go and have a wee. Well, that's not ideal, really. We don't, we don't want to do that in the marathon, but we're doing it because we haven't been systematic with the fueling in the morning of, you know being really fussy what we need to do is say right we, we we wake up at this time we do the work and the chores fine whatever we need to do study i check in on my runners we, we drink the water we have the breakfast but actually we stop drinking water at this time we just stop drinking water and it's a time that we know works for us that takes a little bit of fine tuning you got you got to test it if it works for you but typically like an hour before you get out there and run then you've got to make sure you stick to your plan right running at 10 so we stop drinking at nine and then hopefully if you've tested it accurately you don't have to stop for things like the toilet during your run, which only hinders the run. So it's all this sort of stuff and planning that does take some time. And I think it's part and parcel of running well. I don't think it's just about 
the run itself. Does does that make some sense? If you've really got a goal and you really you, you want to achieve a time, you know, that's important to know. If actually you're just getting out there to hit the reset button and you just want to, you know, get a few miles in, cool, totally cool. And therefore less matters doesn't it yeah absolutely and that's what i do you see i just go out there and hit the reset button but i do think at the same time you do still need to put time aside for it otherwise you know i get carried away with other stuff and then you know i may go oh it's it's only half an hour till we're gonna have dinner so i can't run after dinner and i've not got time to run before dinner so the time's written off so it's just i think probably just a little bit of planning even if you even if you're going out there like i am just to go oh just want to run to 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 hit reset or whatever it's just about actually being mindful of that time and how long it's going to take you and then you're doing it when you say you're going to do it and that's the other thing isn't it and i think that's probably why um you know a coach is really helpful and why when i was being sort of casually coached by you um i made sure that i met every one of those sessions that were set for me on training peaks because it's like you say you're gonna do it you gotta do it don't you otherwise it's like you feel like a bit of a bit of a donkey for not doing something you said you were going to do why well because life got in the way yeah but everyone's life gets in the way and we've all got the same amount of time so you're not special well you talk about coaching it's really interesting because definitely part of coaching is accountability now some people that i coach need less accountability so they 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 probably want they may want more education so how to formulate their training and move forward and sessions and all that sort of stuff some people may want coaching just to actually hold themselves back a little bit so for 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 me to hold them back because they know that maybe they push too much other runners may want it because they just don't want to think about running they've got a million and one things going off you know the stuff we're talking about here a lot life is busy they don't want to have to plan their own running and think about it and if something doesn't go to plan how do they make those adjustments then if they can't get out and do i don't know a long run or a tempo session a threshold session or a hill session what, what do they do do they just shove it into next week the session what how do they manage that if a race doesn't go to plan what do you do so you know there's an element of of creativity with training that i think coaches bring but the point i want to make is recently i had a coaching call and i had a coaching call with joe so joe wilkinson who's been on the guest uh, uh, sorry he's been a guest on the show a few times we used to do the lives and there's many quick hits the shorter podcast episodes that you can go back and listen to and we we get into various conversations around all things running and coaching but i dropped joe a message and we've become friends since we were on the uh, since she was on the show and we got to know each other and i said joe i just I, i'm just formulating things in my mind at the moment and i was reflecting after on manchester marathon so in april and i said i just i don't feel like i want coaching as in coaching coaching because actually i quite like the ownership of what i do and it's a quite a unique situation because i coach martina and i sort of coach both of us and we're at this exactly the same level doing the same races together so so it's quite Mm. a unique situation But I said, I can actually do with just a call, just to, like a sounding board. I'm going to try and take my coach hat off, which I found really hard, as you can imagine, because when you know something and you are a coach, you it's difficult then to sort of look at things objectively so i said i want somebody to look at my training object objectively i want somebody to use as a bit of a sounding board throw some ideas around i I really want to be open to some new ways of training some thoughts and also i just want to talk about my running i actually want to be selfish for an hour or so and just talk about my running so that's what we did um and it was it was ace because sometimes with these kind of 
I suppose, consultations, calls, thoughts, you know, message exchanges, which I do a lot with my runners. Sometimes we have the answers within ourselves, but we just need, within ourselves, but we just need somebody to help kind of facilitate that or draw it out of us. Or sometimes the value is just reaffirming what we, th- what we actually thought. You know, I'm thinking of this. This is how I think I should move forward. How does that sound to you? Somebody that you respect and trust. That sounds great. I really like that idea. Brilliant. Right. You know, all of a sudden you, you, you've got confidence in your own sort of plan and thoughts on how you're going to move forward. It was awesome. And, and it helped me just, I suppose it helped to kind of fire me up like motivate me I was motivated anyway I was going to do Valencia Marathon and all that sort of stuff but it kind of added that it acted as a bit of a I suppose a boost for want of a better word and and, and it just enabled me to kind of freshen things up a little bit and I think sometimes again we, we all need that and one thing that I think is is very clear and this is something that Joe and I do see eye to eye when we have our chats about just coaching in general and all that sort of stuff is I think it's it's really easy for runners to focus so heavily on the end goal and then once they take on that goal and attempt that goal, so let's say it's a race, and they let's say they don't quite achieve what they've set out to achieve if it's a time, they focus on that so much that they almost miss those micro-improvements, the things that they have developed and gained and learned throughout the whole process and I know it's cliche to say, oh, running's a journey. But look, it is a journey. It's as simple as that. Whether you like the phrase or you don't, it is. And if you can just give yourself a moment periodically to just take a step back and just look at what have you achieved in that run you've just done or in that week of training or in that month of training. And we talk about process goals. So these mini goals that help you work towards your big main goal. But so many people, I think, just focus on the end goal. And they miss all that process and they miss those little wins, those those small improvements. Yeah, whether that's a slight hill up to your house that all that's that's the hill you always finish on. You know, you have to run back up to your house, up the hill, and several weeks into your training, all of a sudden your heart rate's lower running up that hill, or you're breathing less erratically you feel more comfortable you're able to get up the hill a bit quicker you're not slumped outside your front door with your hands on your knees catching your breath no more but you've got to notice that you know give yourself credit for it i don't know if that makes some sense to you p i don't know if you can relate to that kind of with the manchester thing because you you know it was 10k relay you are a non-running guy but you you got caught up in it a bit and you were like well you know i just it'd be nice if i could do it in this time you know, the classic runner thing, oh, I'm not bothered, I just want to do it. Oh, well, actually, I'm going to attach a bit of a time to it. But were you able to notice, like, little improvements, or did you just get focused on the end goal? I was able to notice little achievements, uh, little little moments, but then what happened is I got injured, didn't I, if you remember? I had the adductor strain, which I still got, <laughs> in fairness, but you just have to manage it and be really careful with it. Um, but So I can totally relate to that, yeah. But it... it, it and... Again, just to be able to... I, I became aware of the speed that I was running at. So, like, it wasn't just plodding. At times, I could go, I'm going to pick up the pace for a bit now. I'm going to pick up the pace for the next 10 minutes. And I could do that, and I felt quicker. And that... and, and Which makes you feel stronger. 
as well. So you feel stronger, you feel quicker. And and um, and so that I counted as an achievement, yeah, absolutely. But then, you know, when I was being quick, I got the strain and, uh, and then I had to walk home. So that wasn't so good. But that, you know, up until that point, I absolutely relate to that. I can absolutely understand that, yeah. I think it's another role of a coach, isn't it? Reframing things in a positive light. And I don't mean falsely, like making out everything's magical when it's not, but there's always positives to gain from pretty much every situation i'm yet to come across a situation where there isn't a positive even if you've got to look really hard there is you know be it injury what have you learned about the injury how can you avoid it in the future are you allowing okay you've got a knee injury and that's absolutely stopped you you're not able to run but for the last several weeks in training you've been talking about an issue with the ankle but it wasn't really a full-blown injury where it's stopping you it was just a niggle so now the knee stopped you is that allowing your ankle niggle to fully recover and therefore it won't become a full-blown injury so You've just you've got to take a step back, look at the bigger picture, and there's definitely, 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 definitely positives from every situation, especially where running is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. So count your smaller achievements, not necessarily always focusing on the final goal. Um, be accountable. Um, if that's not to a coach, is, is, is it to a partner? Is it to a friend? Is it to something that you write down? Is it to a plan where you go, I'm going to do that? You know, take care of time and ring fence time. And also the word selfish. It's okay to be selfish sometimes in a world where, as a kid, you were told you were selfish if you didn't share your lollipops. Um, to nowadays in 2022 where, you know, self help self-improvement self-care there's nothing wrong with these things there's nothing wrong with taking time to look after yourself because if you look after yourself you're more useful to everybody else around you who cares about you that brings us to the end of another episode of running with jake the podcast your weekly dose of running motivation if you have enjoyed today's episode then don't forget to follow subscribe for free on the app that you use to listen to your podcast and if you do get a moment just give us a little rating and review that would be awesome we would greatly appreciate your very positive feedback have an awesome week of running commit get out there overcome the struggles and we'll be back to help you next week oh and one more thing hard work may not always result in success but it will never result in regret (laughs) 